0: He said, I'll see you at the club. And I said, I'll see you at the bank. And people gotta live their life and do they thing. Let me live, let me breathe, let me be me. He said, I'll see you at the club. And I said, I'll see you at the bank.
1: Immediately thereafter, he walked into the teeth of a monumental decision. He was drafted, and then he refused induction on the grounds of his religious convictions on war.
2: My conscience won't let me go shoot my brother or some darker people. Uh, some poor hungry people in the mud for big powerful America and shoot them for what? They never called me nigger. They never lynched me. They didn't put no dogs on me. They did rob me of my nationality, raped and killed my mother and father. What, well, I'm going to shoot them for what? How am I going to shoot them? Little, little poor little black people, little babies and children, women. How can I shoot them poor people?
1: Just take me to jail. While fighting imprisonment for his stand, Ali was also stripped of his title, denied a license to fight in the United States, and denied a visa to go overseas to fight. He was in a much tighter financial bind than most were aware of. I don't know if I see the world every champion driving a Volkswagen, guys in the Cadillacs
2: and making fun of you. So I'm working in am holding, right? I'm more... <laughs> And so, I had one day I had to speak to heard of Canisius? Canisius, Ferdinand Dickinson, CW Post. Three colleges at 1500 dollars a college. Pretty good money. So I broke my wife's piggy bank, have about she had about $35 in it. I broke the no, I'm sorry, dollars I broke the piggy bank to get gas money to get me to the college. And I got enough gas and food money to get the forty five hundred dollars, the three fifteen hundred dollars. At forty-five it would hold me, pay gas bills, light bills, until I get to the next college. (laughs) This went on until that
1: whole mess is over. Inevitably students would challenge Ali on his stand and his convictions Remarkably, Ali more than held his own against students who had a far better formal education than he
0: I'm saying you talking about me about some draft And all of you white boys are breaking your neck to get to Switzerland and Canada and London I'm not going to help nobody get something my Negroes don't have If I'm going to die, I'll die now right here fighting you if i want to die you my enemy my name is a white people not via or chinese or japanese you my opposer when i want freedom you my opposer when i want justice you my when i want equality you won't even stand up for me in america for my religious beliefs and you want me to go somewhere and fight but you won't even stand up for me here
3: at home welcome to the african history network show right here on 9 10 a.m the superstation the voice of detroit that was the voice of the one and only the champ the greatest of all time muhammad ali We're going to talk about Ali in the uh, second hour because this past week was the uh, anniversary of Muhammad Ali refusing to go uh, fight in Vietnam. He was stripped of his title subsequently. He said, I'm not going to go kill some poor people for a white supremacist government. We'll talk about that. Hey, on tonight's show, we have a lot to talk about, a lot to talk about. You know, this past Wednesday, April 26th, there was a uh, discovery that was revealed out of San Diego about uh, human remains dating back 130,000 years ago. And nobody is better qualified to talk about that than one of my teachers, Dr. David M. Hotep, uh, author of the book, The First Americans Were Africans, Documented Evidence. So we're going to bring him on here in just one second here. Hey, you listen to the African History Network show on 910 AM, the Superstation, the Voice of Detroit. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep. You know, at the African History Network, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world because right now it's correct wrong behavior. What you do for yourself, what you do to yourself and what you allow other people to do to you is based upon what you think about yourself. What you think about yourself is based upon what you have been taught about yourself. What you have been taught about yourself is based upon everything you've read, heard and seen about yourself. So when you control the radius of a man's thoughts, you can control the circumference of his actions because the mind can't do or teach what it doesn't know. Now we deal with a number of different topics here on the show. We deal with current events and history and politics, education, economic empowerment, entrepreneurship, uh, relationships, love, sex, health issues, and much, much more. Sign up for our email newsletter. Text the word Kemet, K E M E T. Text the word Kemet, K E M E T, the 22828 to sign up for our email newsletter. We just sent out a email blast, uh, uh, right before this show started. And then also go to our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Sign up for the, uh, email newsletter there, and you can sign up. For our uh, online class, and I'm teaching on Thursdays, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you can uh, log in from anywhere around the world. Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, Understanding the Transatlantic Slave Trade, What They Didn't Teach You in School. Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, Understanding the Transatlantic Slave Trade, What They Didn't Teach You in School. This is a multi-week, it's a 10-hour course. All the sessions are recorded. You can go back and watch them over and over again, and we do this class live. Okay, so check that out as well. And then in our second hour, we're going to be joined by Dr. Shavi M. Ali. Uh, she has an event coming up this Saturday, May 6th at Downs Manor Community Room in Highland Park. And she is a, an author, world-renowned author, gemstone therapist, and holistic physician. You don't want to miss her in the second hour. Right now, on the line, we have one of, one of my teachers, one of my friends, one of the baddest scholars I know, Dr. David M. Hotep, author of the book, The First Americans Were Africans. Documented evidence. Hotep, my brother, how you doing tonight?
4: Hotep, oh, brother, how are you? And thank you for having me on the show. And you know that I cannot be quiet about what you just had on a few minutes ago.
3: Absolutely. I'm an Ali.
4: Well, you know I played I that for you, man, because you know, I I, I, I you know how
3: to I know you knew the champ and you were friends with him, so I gotta ask you about the champ, man. You know, we we can start out with that, bro go ahead with your comments about the champ, the greatest of greatest of all time.
4: Well, you know, uh, the first thing is um I'm finishing up a book on um it's called Ali and Me. Okay. And um, I was a
5: nutritionist.
4: Yes. <laughs> PhD in nutrition and uh, won the I won the position and was uh, the second uh, biggest thing in my life. You know, mm-hmm. first of course was football and I played for Maryland, but, but when I got with Ali, that was the second biggest thing. Uh, I had him for the last seven fights of, of his career. Right. And uh, he was an amazing, brilliant man. You Absolutely. know, he was unlettered. You know, to uh, America's standard, but he had a brilliant mind, so maybe yes. his words weren't weren't uh, the largest world words, but uh, he took ten dollar thoughts and use one cent words so he could get his message too. So brilliant, brilliant, brilliant man, humanitarian, human being, and and are a
3: good brother. Well, look, man, I'm a huge Ali fan. I got my Muhammad Ali t-shirt on right now that the ex-girlf- <laughs> ex-girlfriend <laughs> bought for me 13 years ago, man. <laughs> I still have this shirt, brother. And and, and people, when, when they see me uh, broadcast from uh, the Detroit studio, uh, they see two uh, pictures behind me of Muhammad Ali. Okay? You, you know, and, 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 and also in the middle of that is Malcolm X, because those are two of okay. my heroes, Muhammad yes, Ali right. and Malcolm X. Absolutely. So, uh, uh, and, and in the second hour, last uh, segment of the second hour, we're going to talk, I'll talk about Ali some and, uh, him refusing to, uh, go into the Vietnam War as Beautiful. well. But look, brother, I, I, I wanted to, you know, I talked to you, uh, a couple of days, well, we talked to you today and, uh, yesterday, I think it was. And, uh, you and I, um, were talking about a few different things and we're going to get into them tonight. Um, Uh, We talk about this discovery coming out of uh, San Diego, uh, dealing with uh, Mastodon uh, remains and uh, evidence of uh, humans in uh, California 130,000 years ago. That that turned the archaeological world upside down. Muhammad Ali said, I shook up the world. This discovery shook up the world, man, because all the major news outlets carried this story on Wednesday and Thursday. All the major news outlets carried that story. But first off, before we get into that, tell people. Uh, briefly, because some people may not be familiar with you, uh, who you are, and tell them about your book, "The First Americans Were Africans: Documented Evidence."
4: Okay, well, that's the first um, uh, edition that came out in uh, 2011. I've updated it with uh, uh, almost uh, almost 400 pages. Um, it
3: is updated got, with almost 400 pages.
4: Yes, yeah, 300 and I think it's 378 or something like that pages. Uh, we have uh, 14 more brand new pictures where I went down into Mexico and Hawaii and did some more research, and uh, I have almost a thousand footnotes. And what that's reason for the, for that is to prove what I'm saying comes from credible sources. And anyone who wants to be able to uh, get into this heavier or or more uh when I only touched on these things, they can read a whole library full because this is like a, a
3: library this this book. So okay. Um, so, so, so the revision, is the revision available for purchase now?
4: No, it will be out in, uh, by June 1st or before. Okay. Okay. So yeah, they can get that from Amazon and, and it's, uh, it's the first title in the beginning, the first Americans, Africans, but the subtitle is different. It's revisited. You know, like, uh, my, my, um, my, my, father, I call him my, my celestial father, um, who was passed on, Ivan Van Sertema. Yeah. I was just taking up where, where he left off, and right. uh, he got me into all this. So and, and, that's that's what we're talking about. He he talked about how the mm-hmm. first Americans uh, uh, were Africans. They came before the Indians, I mean before, before uh, white folks. And I'm showing that we came before the Indians.
3: And and his book, his uh, monumental book, They Came Before Columbus, came out in 1976. Absolutely. And as you talked about when you were on WKRP in Cincinnati, Channel 5, that fantastic interview that you did, you said that there have been numerous dozens uh, of archaeological uh discoveries since that book came out, right. so so it, so so you go you stand on his shoulders, but you go far beyond what he was able to do because the archaeological discoveries have not been made at that point in time. Is that and correct? And DNA, DNA and, and was DNA. not known
4: or used back then. Right, i'm you know? 36 years. 37
3: years ago. Right. Right. Deoxyribonucleic acid, et cetera. And this is critical. And this is one of the 13 different disciplines that you use to document the African presence, uh, going back at least 51,700 years ago, uh, in this country called United States of America in Allendale County, South Carolina. You talk about that that in your book, D174, uh, uh, haploid groups dealing with DNA. So. Right.
4: uh, On that, on that uh, piece of, when I started re, re, um, redoing this book uh, about mm-hmm. four years ago, mm-hmm. um, we found that uh, um, in South America, it was 100,000-year-old fines. So I was talking about those 100,000-year-old fines and, and uh, you know, through thermoluminescence uh, thermal dating, right. which is dating electron loss in, in rocks, which is brilliant, but always on the money. And uh, I was getting flack about that. But now that we have this 130,000-year-old fine, I'm vindicated.
3: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Now, people can check out the article, because you told me about this article a couple years ago uh, that deals with 100,000 years ago in South America. It's from the New York Times, not Infowars.com, not SodaHead. It's from New York, the New York Times. There you go. Discoveries Challenge Beliefs on Humans' Arrival in the Americas. Discoveries Challenge Beliefs. On humans' arrival in the Americas. March 27, 2014. Read that article from the New York Times. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, who, so uh, they, your first book, this dealt with evidence, and some of it coming from Dr. Albert Goodyear, who's an archaeologist at the University of South Carolina. Right. And he made a discovery in 2004. ScienceDaily.com had a big article about this. But mm-hmm. um, what did this find uh, reveal to us?
4: Well um that was in South Carolina. Yes. And uh that 51,000 uh years ago, he found um um uh remnants of of those folks who were there. Uh, no skeletons, uh but he found some some uh, hearse and uh, stone tools that um that were found in South Carolina. And that was that was pretty big. They were denying that of course.
3: Okay. Absolutely. Well, they did a lot of this because you know, when I first made contact with you, uh, I said that um, your book single-handedly destroy European white supremacy and racism. Okay. You know, you know, when I first contacted you, man, some years ago, I said your book to single-handedly destroy European white supremacy and racism. So this is why they want this information suppressed. Okay, so um, when we're dealing with, and, and a lot of people, uh, uh, you know, Dr. Ivor Van Cynema said they came before Columbus. But a- as I talk about in a lot of my presentations, and, and you know, Columbus never came to the land that we call the United States of America. That's okay. Right. Okay. The closest he came here was Cuba, which is 90 miles away. When you look at his four voyages, starting August 3rd, 1492, when he set sail on the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria, he goes into Central America, he goes into South America. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he, he, he never comes to the land we call the United States of America. Now, um, who are the people who, uh, were here before Native Americans came into existence, who were here fifty one thousand seven hundred years ago, who are these people, and what did they what did they do and build while they were here uh, uh, in this land? Well,
4: these were the people who came over here like I say a
3: hundred thousand years ago um
4: they uh were none other than the short so called pygmy people. Mm-hmm. I hate to use that word because they don't like it it's derogatory right, but most people don 't know what it you know who I'm talking about when I say diminutive Africans, so what. Well, yeah, the Khoisan, the, right. the um, Anu, the Twa, right. the Khoikhoi—you right. know, those are all the same people related down in, uh, in uh, South Africa. Right now, today, they're there. Right. You know? So, it's just, well, it's well, if I remember correctly, story.
3: if I remember correctly, Nelson Mandela is Khoisan. If I remember correctly, isn't he Khoisan?
4: Well, he sure does look like it. He's yeah. not short like them, but his right. face is phenomenally
3: Khoisan. Yeah, I think I think I think he uh, is uh, at least part Khoisan. Okay, Absolutely. so so the Khoisan are the ancestors to the Anu and the Twa. They come from Southern Africa. When the the Genome Project did their research and took DNA samples from 100,000 people around the world, they found that the Khoisan had the oldest DNA on the planet. Is that correct?
4: There you go. That's, that's, that is correct. You see, um, they're short because everything stops out small, like dinosaurs. Dinosaurs didn't right. start out two or three stories high, and they start out as lizards. And over the time, they evolve, the same thing with people. And they they, they don't have a, a, a correct, a, not correct, but a a, a totally African, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, absolute date for when uh, these uh, to, uh, Koi Koi and, and uh, Twine and Dominican Africans start growing to be taller and taller. But, you know, uh, that's where they started. Actually small people, and, um, and this is why we can take our history back and our DNA way back farther than anyone else, because we have the shortest people on the earth and also the largest people. So we've had thousands and millions of years to differentiate and to, and to go into other bodies and sizes,
3: etc. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so um, the Khoisan are here. They're here before Native Americans come into existence. Now, who were the mound builders? Who were the mound builders, and what did they do?
4: they were one of the same uh there are mounds you can find uh today in um in middle africa in northern africa um then you can find them in uh in england <laughs> as well as uh, the castles that the, the the um the um mound builders built because they, you know they did the pyramids as well uh then they go into well, um,
3: well, well, hold on just a second when you say they did the pyramids the pyramids they, where
4: they in in, in Egypt they split, they built the first pyramids which were uh uh, which were the um, step pyramids, and uh, they went all, all the way around the world. They had a, a worldwide comedic uh, empire uh, not comedic but an uh, empire before before egypt
3: okay so everywhere this... even
4: even in uh, how about this even in and we see now uh, pictures of step pyramids mm-hmm. and get this where where the craziest place in Antarctica. Mm. Just Google Google Earth. They had there were five pyramids from Google Earth, but they took down four of them, okay. and now now there's only one left. But people could still go and see that. Okay, and of course they so, try to say you know they're not real pyramids.
3: Okay, we're coming up on a break in, in, in two and a half minutes here. I just right. want to I just want to get a clarification on this. So. The first, now we know the early pyramids in, in ancient Kemet. And we know Nubia or Tanehesi is the mother to Kemet. We know there are more pyramids in what today is in Sudan, what used to be Nubia. There are about 235 that have been discovered. There are about 125 in, in, in Egypt right now. There but, you go. but, but the early pyramids, uh, like like the one that uh Imhotep was the architect of for the bity Zoser in the 3rd dynasty that's a, a, a what's called a, uncle, mastaba, right? a mastaba a mastaba right yeah <laughs> absolutely <laughs> that's, but that's called a mastaba a flat bench pyramid which is yes. the early forms different than the pyramids at Giza Khufu Khafre and Menkaure
4: now which look, which are which are uh, smooth sided pyramids as exactly. opposed to a step pyramid
3: exactly and then and they had limestone covering them also that limestone's been taken off the ones at Giza as well they had limestone right. as well now Stolen. Now, now, now the the builders of the early pyramids in ancient Kemet, the Mastabas, the flat bench pyramids, those were the Khoisan. Yes. Okay. Now, how did you find that out? What evidence are you citing for that? Well, the evidence is the,
4: um, let's see. Oh, I'm drawing a blank on that. Um. It's okay. We may get to it. Uh, we'll get yeah. to it
3: on the other side of the break. But we right. know that the Khoisan are the ancestors to the Ainu and the Twa. These are the oldest people on earth. We know they go around the world. And, uh, uh, you have, uh, the Khoisan are also in, uh, the Iberian Peninsula at one point fighting the Vandals and the Visigoths at one point, right. aren't they? Okay. <laughs> oh, what, what period of time were they in, uh, Europe fighting against the Vandals and the Visigoths?
4: That was um, during the um, oh boy, I, you know dates aren't really good with me. Um, but it was what after it was BC. Uh, BC, BC was yeah, because it's before
3: the, it's before the Moors go on in in seven eleven AD right it's before the moors go in absolutely because you had yeah. Africans there as well okay
4: that's correct and I have the answer for you about that other thing
3: that I, okay remember we'll, we'll pick Is that you, up on the answer other answer side there. of the break we'll deal with the right. Khoisan building the pyramids and ancient Kemen on the other side of the break you listen to the African History Network show right here on 910 a.m. the superstation the voice of Detroit I'm Michael M. Hotep we're speaking with Dr. David M. Hotep the, uh, the author of the book The First Americans Were Africans Documented Evidence we'll be back in a few minutes
6: when you think of the Voices of Detroit, there's only one station that comes to mind, 910 AM Superstation. We're the voice of reason. When you're looking to hear the truth, we talk about it. Anybody that's driven down out of drive on the west side or even out of drive on the east side in the last few days can count the number of potholes per minute. And I'm thinking those resources would have been better spent on some filler, something going into some of these cracks and and holes and craters that are on east and west out of drive. When you're interested in the current events, we talk about it. Let's go further. This is property crimes. Last
1: week there were 164 burglaries. The week before that there were 127. So far this year in Detroit we've had 2008 burglaries. In Detroit that's a 5% increase over
6: 2016. We are 9:10 a.m. Superstation, the Voice of Detroit. The Word Network is the largest African-American religious network in the world, and we're also the most versatile and easy to, find. easy to find. That's right. The Word Network isn't just a cable channel. We're an international network that brings you the best in gospel music and inspirational ministries. You can find The Word Network on Bright House Networks, Charter, Cablevision, AT&T, Cox Communications, DirecTV, Time Warner, Uverse, Verizon Fios, Roku, Google Fiber, Google Chromecast, Facebook Live, YouTube Red, Kindle Fire, Apple TV, Android and Apple devices, and even Continental, JetBlue, Frontier, and United Airlines. And coming soon to Hulu, Xbox, PlayStation, and more. No matter what device you have or where you are in the world, you can still take the Word Network with you. We are committed to making sure that finding the gospel is easy and convenient for our viewers. We are the Word Network, and we're everywhere you want us to be. You want us to be. We've got you covered from sunup to sundown. Weekdays on 9, 10 a.m. Superstation. This is Shot Clock with Tony Anthony Macon and Ramonte Hollis. Tune in Monday through Friday, 5 to 6 a.m. Wake up with Steve Hood.
0: I'm Bankale Thompson. Join me on Mondays, Wednesdays, closes, and Fridays at noon. Tune in every Tuesday to the Great Lake Ruler Show with Lamar Woodley and my little big cousin Desmond Bibbs. This is Cliff Russell of the Cliff Russell Show, airing daily Monday through Friday.
6: Hi, this is Karen Dumas. This is Cliff Wooder. This is Todd Corser. This is Attorney Michael
7: Schwartz. Hello Detroit. This is Attorney Crystal Crittenden. Hello everyone, I'm Charlene Mitchell. I'm Reverend
0: Mayo Alisa Reynolds.
6: We've got the topics, the guests, the opinions, and the Facts. We have it all from motivation to outrage, from advice to empowerment. Whatever you need, it's right here on 910 AM Superstation, the voice of Detroit. at 9 p.m. is something new and something fresh. This is Todd Corser, and I want you to check out my
1: show. Listen in and call every week as we explore government and hot topics. Tune in, raw and uncut.
6: This is attorney Michael Schwartz at 910 a.m. Superstation, and you can hear me every Tuesday night starting at
2: 9 p.m.
7: Hello, Detroit. This is Attorney Crystal Crittenden, and please tune in to my new show, The Truth Matters, on 910 AM Superstation. Hello,
4: everyone. I'm Charlene Mitchell, your host of Mind Your Business. Listen to my show
1: live every Thursday from 9 to 11 p.m.
0: I'm Reverend Maya Lisa Reynolds inviting you to listen to Mama Maya Speaks. Friday evenings from 9 until 11 p.m. Discussing education, motivation, and inspiration on Superstation 910 AM.
6: Different names, different voices, but the same energy. 910 AM Superstation, the voice of Detroit.
3: Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on nine ten a.m. The Superstation, the voice of Detroit. Hey, I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep, founder of the African History Network. Two things I want to remind you of before we go back to our guest, Dr. David M. Hotep, author of the book, The First Americans Were Africans, Documented Evidence. Number one, visit our website, africanhistorynetwork.com, africanhistorynetwork.com, and um, you can register for our online course, Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Maafa ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, understanding the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach you in school, understanding the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach you in school. This class meets online Thursday, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can tune in from around the world. Uh, the, the, the class is done live. We do a slideshow presentation. We show video clips. We have articles, excerpts from books, etc. The whole thing is recorded. If you miss any of it, you can go back and watch it over and over again. OK, and we deal with thousands of years of history and we deal with uh, uh, work from Dr. David M. Hotep in the class. Secondly, in our second hour of the show tonight, uh, we'll have Dr. Shavia Leon, uh, who is a, a holistic uh, physician. She's an author and she'll be uh, she has a, a event coming up Saturday, May 6th in Highland Park uh she's she's giving a uh, a lecture there so we're going to have her at the top of the second hour you don't want to miss that as well okay uh Dr David M Hotep all right brother now right before the break we were talking about the khoisan building the early uh step pyramids the mastabas in ancient kemet like the one uh like the one in the 3rd dynasty uh that what evidence were you citing for the khoisan uh doing that
4: well as you you said from from your own um knowledge you know that the khoisan is one of the oldest people if not the oldest people on the planet Okay, and um then you can go to the, the evidence of those <laughs> those pyramids in Antarctica in order to you know they were they were covered by by ice all this time, and people thought they were mountains, but mm. but through global warming you know um they they have melted all up down to about halfway down that's where the satellites caught glimpse of them just lately okay, okay. Okay. So, so in order for them to uh, have pyramids in South in in, uh, in Antarctica, okay, it had to predate the building of them. Had to predate the ice age because no one's going to build pyramids in, in ice, right? Or or while it's snowing. I mean, these are African people. So that was a time when when uh, when um, uh, Antarctica was somewhere else in in the world view, um, close to the equator at some time.
3: Okay, so, mm-hmm. what, so what you're saying is, is the early pyramids, the steppe pyramids in, in ancient Kemet, ancient Egypt, those were built by the Khoisan, and then there were some that were found in Antarctica, and archaeologists, et cetera, originally thought these were uh, mountains covered in, in, in ice, is that what you said? That's correct. Okay. And then, but now that you've had some global warming and you've had the ice melting, now they see that these are actually step pyramids.
4: Correct. Okay. And those step pyramids are the ones that come far before the smooth pyramids. The smooth pyramids don't come until around 71,000 B.C.
3: OK, now your timeline, because when we look at if we look at um, what we have seen before coming out of archaeology and anthropology, which are very uh, much dominated by white supremacy and racism, th- these disciplines. Now, you have people, African people in those disciplines trying to fight against this, against the truth out and truth out. And you have some Europeans like Dr. Albert Goodyear, who's trying to fight against that and get the truth out as well. Now, there you go. Your timeline of history for the building. Of the pyramids in, in in ancient Egypt, ancient Kemet, whether we're talking about the steppe pyramids, the mastabas, or the pyramids at Giza, uh, uh, Giza, Kufu, Kafri, and Menkaure, your your research goes back tens of thousands of years than what they show us with with the dynastic period in, in three thousand BC, twenty five hundred BC of the pyramids being built. Is that correct?
4: Absolutely. You know, they took um, they had took some um, some uh, documents that were. Uh, stone, when stone, they were carved in stone about, about the, um, the um, different uh, kings and uh, pharaohs who ruled in Egypt. And it goes back so far, they took them up and they, they supposedly were taking them to England and they said they, they got lost overboard during a storm. Wow, wow. So our only, our only hard evidence was that. But I'm sure, you know, in some other time, when we build up a or, or open some other tomb or someone's casket or sarcophagus, we're gonna find something to to that note.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. Well you know, man, just uh last, earlier this month in uh Egypt they found uh they they uncovered uh eight mummies that are thirty five hundred years old. Okay. Uh I don't know if you saw that article uh CNN uh has an article about it. There there were three major archaeological discoveries revealed this month. Right. In April. Okay, this is one. Of them. People could check out this article. Egypt unearths eight mummies in 3500-year-old tombs. Egypt unearths eight mummies in 3500-year-old tombs. This article is from uh, uh CNN.com. Not infowars. This is from this is from cnn.com and uh those watching on Facebook we just posted the link there on the thread. Okay, now uh and, and, and from my understanding the earliest settlers in uh ancient Kemet were the Khoisan, the Twa, the Ainu, the short-statured people. Is, is that is this correct?
4: Absolutely. You know, in one of the um and I forget uh, exactly which temple it was, um, but we, when we went into the temple and we started to go down the steps down to the, um, the so-called basement or, or, or first level, yes. okay, because you don't know, come on the second level, uh, we had to bend down to get into the doorway. Right. So right. why would, why would these people, um, build something like it to make people bend down? There was no reason. It wasn't a trap door or anything of that nature. It was because they were short.
3: Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Now let me ask you this question. Um, um when we look at the pyramid mounds, when we look at mounds here in the mound builders, the mound builders here in the land we call the United States were the Khoisan, okay, the ancestors to the Ainu and the Twa. We know that there are mounds up and down the Mississippi River, okay? Absolutely. All right. Was m- they call
4: it Moundville now because there were so many mounds. You
3: said they what now?
4: They called it Moundville, the white folks who Moundville. found things. Yeah, because there were so many mounds.
3: Moundville. That's what they call the Mississippi River, Moundville. Uh the, uh the area yes around the mississippi around the mississippi because what River. they did was what you know the the place
4: was so densely forested uh they said that you could um you could have a a, a monkey uh get in a tree from um from let's say it's chesapeake bay and he could cross over tree by tree limb by tree limb all the way to the mississippi without hitting the ground okay. so there were no there were no super highways then the super highways there were the Mississippi River and the Ohio River and Arkansas River where they went up they went up without any any obstructions uh you know to uh to travel up and down uh, the the coasts of uh of the North America with the eastern uh American and western America so that's how they traveled
3: okay now let me ask you this question here um uh we have the mounds up and down the Mississippi River here mm-hmm. uh what now um what is the difference between a mound and a pyramid mound? I hear both terms. What's the difference?
4: Well, there's, there's um, a pyramid mound is a larger, a, a larger type uh, uh, structure, okay. um, and of course it takes like a pyramid. But but these uh, these other mounds are, are round shaped What they are is they have a, a skeleton inside. All right. Okay. It's a skeleton. They build this from from ground up. It's a skeleton of gigantic uh, boulders. That they've sculpted into a skeleton. So, like a deck of cards, you know how you build a deck of cards of the card uh, buildings. You know, two vertical cards, and then you you put one across it. Okay. Right. Well, that's that's a type of gig, uh, of mi- miniature type of structure I'm trying to tell you about. And they have those inside these mounds, and then they pile dirt on top of them. Okay. All so right. those are round mounds. Okay. And now. And it's smaller, far smaller than the pyramid mound. Okay. There's five different types. You know, there's five different types. There's there's animal effigy mounds. Mm -hmm. There are uh, um, burial mounds. There are mounds that um, that that, um, they dwell in. You know, where they used to live in. When they went up to, when they were going from Africa up into the Europe and it was it got cold and, and they wanted someplace uh, warm and they built those kind of mounds. Right. And then there's a uh, mound that they put by, down um, near a uh, uh, river so that when the rainy season came that they could uh, relocate their villages up on top of uh, a mound and not get drowned or, or they could continue to hunt live.
3: Okay, uh, let me ask you this and then we're going to go to the phone lines in a couple minutes here. Mm-hmm. Um when so we know the Khoisan here in the uh um the, the earliest evidence we have is going back at least at least 51,700 years ago prior to the discovery in San Diego, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh there were other uh Africans, there were other groups of African people uh here in the land we call the US besides the Khoisan. Who were some of those other groups of Africans?
4: Oh boy. Um they were Africans from all up and down the uh the western coast. So uh, from, from West Africa. The West
3: African. Yeah, West African coast. Okay, yeah. uh were the Mandinka here? I I think I remember you saying talking about the Mandinka as well.
4: Yeah, Mandinka come uh, come late. They're the ones uh um uh who become the uh, who, who 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 go into uh central America. Right. And uh, they, they, um, they bring their mound and pyramid building and, and temple building nods uh, uh, um, with them, and they partner with the, the first uh, Americans, who are who the short uh, Africans, and then they uh, partner with the, the Asians who come over. So all three of those bloods get
3: together, and those three bloods make the Omex. The Omex, right, and that's in Central America. Right. Okay. So and
4: we ta- some and you'll find some Olmec things in uh in Louisiana and uh and northern uh, uh, uh South America as well.
3: Right. So when we talk about the Omex and the Omex have African features, they have these huge heads that weigh oh, tons yeah. Uh, Dr, uh, Dr. Ivan Van Sertema talks about this, and they came before Columbus. And actually, on the cover of his book, he has one of those huge heads of, uh, 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 of one of the Omec heads with a broad nose and thick lips. Now, And braids on the back of his head. And braids Captain on the back braids. of his head. So the Omecs that we hear so much about, the Omecs were a mixture of the Khoisan, the Mandinka, and and Asians. Is that correct?
4: I wouldn't say the Khoisan, I would okay. say that was part of their lineage, but the Omex, the, the, the guys from Ghana at that time, they've come far later than, than the ones that came over 100,000 years ago.
3: But yeah, yeah the, Ma, the Mandinka come far later to make yes. up the uh, Omex, uh, uh, and they go into to Central yes. America. Yes, okay. Central
4: America specifically, but also some in Southern North America and Northern South America.
3: Okay, uh, approximately what period of time are we talking about the Mandinka coming from Ghana? Right coming from Ghana, right in West Africa:
4: Well see the, the, uh, the uh, white uh, historians say 1500 BC but that's crazy if, right. you, if you're going to look at the whole picture, you know they, they came far beyond far before that, but nothing compared to when the TWA came one hundred thirty thousand years ago or a hundred thousand years ago.
3: Well okay, so so what for, based upon your research, what period of time are we talking about the Mandinka coming from Ghana? Into the Americas. What period of time were you we talking I, about? I haven't
4: found anything that I could quote uh, okay. respectively.
3: Okay. But we know it's further back than 1,500 years ago.
4: If, if I tell you something, take it to the bank. And when I don't Absolutely. know
3: something correctly, I, I'll tell you I don't know. Okay. All right. That's cool. Uh, so we have the OMEX. And then um, also in this land we call the United States, not not talking about Central America, in this land. North America. Well, well North America includes the Caribbean. So I want to, I want to deal specifically uh-huh. with, with, I have a, I have a purpose. There's a, there's, a, there's a reason why I ask this question the way I do. Specifically. Because you're a scientist. Absolutely. You're, you're a radio scientist, bro. Absolutely. Specifically okay. with the land that we currently call the United States of America, that these white Donald Trump supporters say they want their country back. Specifically in this land we call the United <laughs> States of America, who? What other African groups were here prior to Native Americans coming to existence? Who were African people? What other African groups were here?
4: Um, you know, I'm not good on those all those different names. All I know is Whoa. Southern Africans, uh, Central, as well as Northern Africans, because okay. some of them, you know, I'd say the, the middle, the middle part and the southern part, they they came over uh, through the. Um, to the uh rivers in the sea, you know, the okay, the, you know, okay so but you have the, the northern Africans who go up into Europe and then from Europe some of them come over here. Um okay. the um the uh the short Koisan whatnot were up in um, Scandinavia right you know for for a good while and and they came over to Greenland and then to um to Canada. So they came right. over those ways but also this this new group uh that were, that we just found that that hundred and thirty thousand year old group, they found them in in, in South in South uh, uh, Southern uh, California, right. So San they Diego. came over from Australia, or mm-hmm. they came over across the, the uh, Bering Straits, uh, well before they uh, they 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 were uh, blocked, right? With so, ice. Okay. That's 130,000
3: years ago. Okay, and we're we're going to get to that in just a second, and get to this call here because I got these questions, and we may we may have to hold you a few minutes past the top of the hour. Is that okay? You can hold me for another two hours if you on, brother. That's what I do. <laughs> we're going to bring you back on next week, man. For what that, because I got a yeah. I understand. This is what I do too. I have another guest <laughs> coming up in the second hour, Doctor Shabi Ali, but we're going to hold you past the top of the hour for a few more minutes. For a few minutes, but uh, let okay. me ask you this question: Doctor Claude Anderson, who's another one of my teachers, I just had him on the show at the yes. uh, end of February. Um, uh, he talks about the Folsom people. And this was another group of African people. Uh, uh, Folsom, Arizona is named after them. F-O-L-S-O-M, the Folsom people. Folsom prison is named after them. And this was a group of African people here in this land we call the United States of America that a lot of white Donald Trump supporters say they want their country back, but they don't understand this was our land of African people <laughs> stolen from us before Europeans came into existence. Okay. Now, um, who were the Folsom people and where were they, uh, in, uh, the land we call the United States of America?
4: I, that, that's another name that I remembered studying a long time ago, but I can't remember who, okay. who they were and, and, you know, exactly where they came from. Okay. But they were absolutely African, and they were from some part of Africa. And what we call Africa, really, that's not the name. I call it the, uh, the motherland or, or, well, or something of that nature. Well, we
3: didn't have one name for that continent. Africa right. uh, means land of the Afri, which comes from the word Afrique. Which was an indigenous word, and Afri, the prefix Afri, refers to the Afri, who are a group of Black North African people living in Algeria and Tunisia. And Tunisia used to be called Carthage. So when we deal with the Carthage, when we deal with the Punic, the three Punic Wars and Rome fighting against Carthage and Rome defeating Carthage and de- destroying Carthage in 146 BC, when we deal with Publius Cornelius Scipio, he takes his surname Africanus. After the name of the area that he conquers, because it was called Afrique, referring to the Afri. And Africanus in Latin means belonging to Africa. You, you just took me to
4: school. You're talking about I'm your teacher. You're my teacher. <laughs>
3: well, that's how we that's, do. That's,
4: that's phenomenal information. I've never heard that.
3: that. That's how we do. People should read uh, Cassell's Latin English Dictionary because I deal with language. Cassell's, okay. Latin, Cassell's Latin, English Dictionary, page 11, in the entry for a Fear, mm. second mm. edition, uh, in, in my, in my online class, I show people this evidence. We deal with this because we deal with language, we deal with the Moors, we deal with ancient Kemet, all this stuff. Check out, go to our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, mm. register for my online class, Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, understanding the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach you in school or college. Let's go to the phone lines quickly. We've got uh, uh, line one, brother one. How you doing? Hotel brother. How you doing tonight? How nope. you doing, Mike? It's Frank. Hey, Frank. How's it going? You're on the air. Go ahead. Very good. Brother, uh, Mr.
8: Imhotep, my question to you is tonight, do you believe in the Pangaea Theory?
3: Do you, what? Be- you believe in what? The Pangaea Theory. The Pangaea Theory. Is oh, the yeah. Theory- absolutely. Is- okay. Absolutely. Explain to people what Pangaea now- is, uh, Dr. David Imhotep.
4: It-, it was uh, when all the continents were together
3: okay now yeah. they break up At what period of
4: time do now they break up about a hundred million years ago when, when there weren't even mammals on the on the planet therefore right. you can't say that the Native <laughs> Americans can't say we've always been here
3: well not only that you have some people man who say well uh, we the, the, when the continents broke up there were people there I'm like wait a second when Pangea broke up there's no evidence of humans anywhere on this planet not when, even mammals, brother. Not even mammals when Pangaea broke up. So you got to throw that nonsense out the, out the window. Right. Okay, uh, go ahead with your next question, Frank. My next question is, can you talk about the three
8: um, across the Atlantic, the, not three rivers, but the three currents that cover from Western Africa through South America and southern half of
7: North America?
4: Okay. Yeah, they come out of Ghana and they go up to the Caribbean. They go up um, uh, up the up North America to around uh, the uh, Cape Cod, and they go back over to uh, to um, Spain, and then they come back down to Ghana again. So it's it's a clockwise motion, and you have the opposite over there in
8: um, in uh, the Pacific.
3: The opposite in the Pacific, right? What, right. Mm-hmm.
8: And and this is what gives access for the to carry or to
3: uh, travel. Khoi- Absolutely. Kwasan yeah. to travel.
4: Yeah. Right. There, was a, there was a college professor who put in a uh, canoe and uh, off that area, right. and uh, it took him three weeks to get here without without a sail aurora, or roar or uh, about, um, a motor.
3: It was about 52 days, wasn't it, Doc?
4: Yeah, about, about that, yeah. Yeah, that was Dr.
3: Yeah. Alan Lombard. He's not Jerry. That was Dr. Alan Lombard. You talk about that in your book. Medical doctor. Right. Absolutely, absolutely. Because there are currents that go back and forth, and, uh, he was able to sail, uh, the, the, um, the west, the closest tip of South America called Pedro Ferreira. That's the closest tip to the closest tip of West Africa. The difference is about 1,500 miles. Okay? Mm-hmm. And there are currents Correct. that go back and forth. Okay, and Frank. you that's where did they you...
4: find my fifty-one thousand year old—I uh, uh, mean, a uh, hundred thousand year old place—in uh, in, in, right off of there is uh, Sierra de Capibarâ Park, where they right,
3: found that right.
4: hundred-year-old, thousand-year-old uh, site. Go ahead.
3: Right. Oh, but wasn't that at the southern tip, t- uh, 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 Tierra? No. Of, uh, okay, that wasn't at the southern tip. No, that
4: okay. was up
3: in Brazil. Uh, up in Brazil, that's right. Okay. Okay. Did you have another question, Frank? We're coming up on the break.
8: No, I appreciate it, Doctor Imhotep. It's always been a pleasure, and I'm looking to purchase your book in the near future.
4: Appreciate brothers like you. Without you, I wouldn't have a
3: paycheck. <laughs> All right, Frank. Thank you, sir. All right. Have a great night. No problem. Visit Amazon.com, Amazon.com. You can order Dr. David M. Hotep's book, The First Americans Were Africans, Documented Evidence. Uh, we're coming up on a break here. We're going to hold them over for a few more minutes. Then we're going to be joined uh, shortly by Dr. Shabi Ali, holistic uh, physician and author. We're going to talk about a lecture she has, she has coming up May 6th here in uh, the Detroit area. Uh, weather by Weather Vision. It's cloudy right now in Detroit, 53 degrees. Weather by Weather Vision. So dress appropriately if you go out. Hey, this is uh, you listen to the African History Network show right here on 9 10 a.m. The Superstation, The Voice of Detroit. I'm Michael M. This is our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com for more information. You can also watch a preview of my online class, Ancient Kemeth the Moors and the Ma'afa Understanding the Transatlantic Slave Trade. What they didn't teach you in school, you can register for the class there as well. We'll be back in a few minutes.
6: If you want to hear the voices of Detroit, look no further than 910 AM Superstation.
3: No power is greater than the collective power of the Congress and Senate, the House of Representatives and the Senate. So, which is why, you know, which is why
1: Barack Obama, you know, had such great strides in his first term when he actually had a working Congress. We had a, they had a 50% uh, Democrat uh, Congress. And then in the midterm elections when the
0: Republicans took power, they were stymieing Obama every time, every chance they could. We're at this stage in Detroit where we've got to hold on to our property. With the transition that's going on, Detroit's the last major city in America to go through this gentrification, And it's one that has gone through it more rapidly than any city in America ever has. But we're still 80% African American and people need to pay their taxes, hold on to their properties. Uh, because there's going to be a shift at some point from Midtown and Downtown.
6: We are 910 AM Super station the voice of detroit welcome to wadl's 2016 fall lineup We're excited to share our new programming lineup. We have added even more new programming this year. We're excited to add Pawn Stars, Justice for All, Scandal, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Military Makeover, Judge Faith, Coffee with America, and 50 Plus Prime to our already strong lineup. These shows have been the true performers on the traditional networks and on cable. With the success of Judge shows, we decided to add one more to complete the judge block on WADL. That's right, you'll get four judges, back to back to back to back starting at 11 30 a.m with judge faith then it's supreme justice with judge karen next up it's justice with judge maybelline and finally it's the always entertaining justice for all all four shows are sure to draw large audiences in our key demos of adults 18 to 49 who says crime doesn't pay? WKVD and WJBK build their stations on this genre. We are taking it one step further, adding security brief and cops reloaded to the block of court shows. WADL is going to own the daytime. At 5 p.m., one of the hottest shows on cable joins the WADL lineup, Pawn Stars. Our early French block will be a strong lead-in for our very popular comedy sitcoms, Raising Hope and Seinfeld. Everyone has a Seinfeld line. <laughs> Nothing for you. In prime, the must-watch crime show, Law and Order: Criminal Intent, is a staple. But at 9 p.m., we now have an ultra-conservative news show. News Max Prime is a hard-hitting conversation of top political headlines from a conservative point of view, hosted by former Congressman Jay hayworth Our late-night fringe lineup is sure to attract young men with Cheaters, Celebrity Page, American Dad, The Cleveland Show, and King of the Hill. We now have a station that will attract a diverse group of viewers. Hence the tagline WADL, entertainment for everyone. 910 AM is everywhere you need us to be, literally.
0: Good morning, good morning to you all, and welcome to 910 AM, the Super Station. We are live in the neighborhood, in the community. This morning, we are at the Northwest Activity Center. We are at
3: the uh, African American Family Book Expo right now as we speak.
6: We're bringing you 50,000 watts of attitudes and opinions.
3: On 910 AM, I'm Berkeley Thompson, and we're coming to you from the 2017 North American International Auto Show. We are right here in the Cobo Convention Hall.
0: David I'm Alexander Bullitt Live, the people's show. We do it for the people. Man, we are broadcasting live from downtown Detroit at yes. the North American International Auto Show.
6: The best, the brightest, and the bravest voices in the urban community. 910 AM Superstation, the voice of Detroit. Be sure to catch Doing the D with Alexander Zonchek. Right here on 910 AM Superstation. And you know what that means? Lots of cool stuff.
4: Hey, if you love gospel
0: and jazz and
4: Motown cruises and holiday festival concerts in Monroe, we've got it all right here for you. I
0: want to say thank you for all you do, all you give up. We your fans, we just love you
6: and you, well, know you. I appreciate that, Phyllis. Thank you so much. I you know it's it's uh, it's uncomfortable to get compliments to do something that you love doing so much, but I appreciate it. The voice of Detroit, Sundays from 5 to 7 p.m. 9:10 AM Superstation is the voice of Detroit. We've assembled an unmatched roster of talent, topics, and opinions designed to reflect the heartbeat of the city. We've got it all: the news, the sports, politics, relationships, activists, and everything, everything in, in between. between. We are 9:10 AM Superstation, the, the voice, voice of, of Detroit. Detroit. We got- Word Network is the largest African American religious network in the world and we're also the most versatile and easy to, find. easy to find. That's right. The Word Network isn't just a cable channel. We're an international network that brings you the best in gospel music and inspirational ministries. You can find the Word Network on Bright House Networks, Charter, Cablevision, AT&T, Cox Communications, DirecTV, Time Warner, Uverse, Verizon Fios, Roku, Google Fiber, Google Chromecast, Facebook Live, YouTube Red, Kindle Fire, Apple TV, Android and Apple devices, and even Continental, JetBlue, Frontier, and United Airlines. And coming soon to Hulu, Xbox, PlayStation, and more. No matter what device you have or where you are in the world, you can still take the Word Network with you. We are committed to making sure that finding the gospel is easy and convenient for our viewers. We are the Word Network, and we're everywhere you want us to be. You want us to be. Take a laughcation with American Dad. Fly the friendly airways. Right here, honey. See the sights. What's Relax
0: and unwind. Just gotta find my quiet place. I got ya.
6: I'll come back to that one. It's an all-inclusive comedy getaway. Get a picture of these. Meow. Take a laughcation with American Dad. Viewer discretion advised. Weeknights at twelve midnight on WADL Detroit. 910 AM Superstation isn't just any station. We're your station. So tell us what you just saw, what you feel, and what you want to know. Post your comments, questions, and pictures on our Facebook page and we'll make it a topic of conversation. Take it to Facebook and 910 AM Superstation will bring it to the streets. The most powerful voices in the African American community are all right here on the new 910 AM Radio Superstation. WFDF Farmington Hills, Detroit, 910 a.m. Superstation, a division of Adele Media.
3: Welcome back to the second hour of the African History Network show right here on 910 a.m. The Superstation. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep, founder of the African History Network. I'm a talk show host, researcher, lecturer, and writer. Visit our website, africanhistorynetwork.com, africanhistorynetwork.com. You can register for an online class I'm doing on Thursday, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time called uh, ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Maafa, understanding the transatlantic slave trade, what they didn't teach you in school. We deal with some of the information we're talking about right now and a lot, and uh, much, much more. And the sessions are live uh, online. You can tune in from around the world. Uh, the sessions are recorded, so anything you miss, you can go back and watch over and over again. And as soon as you register, there's about 10 hours of content that you can start watching. We're speaking with Dr. David M. Hotep, author of the book, The First Americans Were Africans, Documented Evidence. Uh, he's a friend of mine, he's one of my teachers also, brilliant, brilliant scholar and historian. Okay, Dr. David M. Hotep, before the, uh, the first hour, man, we were blowing people away, and uh, we're broadcasting on our Facebook Live, uh, uh, on Facebook Live on our fan page, the African History Network, where we have 900,000 followers. And we have Wandabi uh Zaidu who is watching from Ghana and he said all my twenty three years in Ghana I never learned this, God bless. Okay, so we're reaching a lot of people, brother.
4: <laughs> well, well write him back and say that uh, my grandfather told me that uh that his mother came from Ghana.
3: Okay, so your your grandfather told you that his mother came from told, Ghana. So told my father and he both at uh, one Thanksgiving dinner, he told both
4: of us. That information. The your great, great,
3: your great grandmother came from Ghana. There you go. Okay. People have been asking, how can they get your book, doc? So, number one, if you're in the Detroit area, Nandy's Knowledge Cafe, located at 12511 Woodward Avenue in Highland Park, Michigan. Four blocks south of the Davidson Freeway between Glendale and Highland Street. Nandy's Knowledge Cafe. N-A-N-D-I, apostrophe S. Nandy's Knowledge Cafe, located at 12511 Woodwood Avenue, 12511 Woodward Avenue in Highland Park, Michigan four blocks south of the Davidson Freeway between Glendale and Highland Street. Uh, we've had Dr. David M. Hotep there twice uh, doing lectures. He and I, we've done two lectures together. She carries his book. Uh, outside of that, you can go to Amazon.com, Amazon.com. And then also, Dr. David M. Hotep's website is HistoricTruth.info, HistoricTruth.info. You can go there. He has information. That any longer. I don't sell them anymore. Well, well, no, no. You the people can download a two-page abstract of your book, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I got you. I got you. Historictruth.info. Historictruth.info. You can go to his website, and uh, he gives. You can download a two-page abstract, which is free. He has some information there as well. Once again, the name of the book: "The First Americans Were Africans." Documented evidence. The first Americans were Africans. Documented evidence by Dr. David M. Hotel. Okay, That's, very, that's the old book. That's not the new book. Well, well, I know, but people can read the the old book first, and then when the new book comes out, they'll be ready for the new book, right? There you go. My degrees in marketing. I got you. I'm trying to help. I got you, man. Man, I got you. (laughs) (laughs) I know, (laughs) I got you, man. Okay. All right. Let me get to this quickly, and in a few minutes, we're gonna be we'll be joined by Dr. Shavi Ali, who's an author, holistic physician, uh, and she has an event calling up uh, coming up uh, Saturday, May seventh, May sixth, two thousand seventeen presented by the Soul Collective, presents consciousness of health, consciousness of health. We have her coming up in a few minutes, Dr. Shavi Ali. Very quickly, brother, and we're going to to bring you back uh, next week or the the week after uh, so we can talk some more. Okay, so uh, this past um, uh, Wednesday... The archaeological world, the scientific world, the uh, 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 paleontological world was turned upside down. It was shaken up just like Ali shook up the world in 64 when he uh, was 22 and won the the, uh, heavyweight championship. Uh, NBCnews.com and all the major uh, news outlets ran this story. I read a number of articles. NBCnews.com has an article called Mastodon Bone Findings. Mastodon Bone Findings could up in our understanding of human history. Very quickly, here's what they say paleontologists have dug up a 130,000 year old mastodon skeleton that looks like it was smashed apart by humans that looks like it was smashed apart by humans but they found it in america the united states of america okay Southern Southern, Southern California, Southern California, where people were not supposed to have arrived for 100 for another 100,000 years. So Deborah Cox had that song. No one's supposed to be here. She can remake that song to talk about this and have a comeback. Okay, seriously, the researchers say they think early humans must have come to America much, much earlier than anyone ever thought. They suggest that other scientists start looking for evidence of people and places they never bothered looking before. This whole thing is shaking up the archaeological world. What, what, what's your opinion of this, brother? Based upon research?
4: Well, they they I'm gonna. I can go. The next show we can go into uh, little pieces and, and dissect it. But it looks like it's real because they have some prominent people who did the research, and Absolutely. also their, their their information is logical.
3: Absolutely. One of the people who did the research was Stephen Holland of the Center for American Paleolithic Research in South Dakota. He said, quote, I know people will be skeptical of this because it is so surprising. And I was skeptical when I first looked at the material itself. But it's definitely an archaeological site. Now, uh I talked about this in in my class with my students in my class this past Thursday. We went deep into this and I showed them a video of them talking about their research and their findings. Uh the article from the NBC News uh, com goes on to say, "The site includes a skeleton that looks like it was taken apart and broken with stone tools which are left in place alongside the bones they smashed. One tusk appears to have been stuck upright into the ground." Now, uh, th- this, this was published in the journal Nature. This was published in the journal Nature, uh, uh, April 26, 2017. All the major news outlets, CNN, Scientific America, National Geographic, uh, Discovery Channel, Discovery's, uh, uh, channel's website, um, New York Times, Washington Post. They all had stories about this, okay? Now, in this article from NBC News, they talk about, uh, they interviewed Dr. Albert Goodyear, who you cite in your book, "The First Americans Were Africans"? Documented evidence. He's an archaeologist from South Carolina, and um, uh, now who? Now they say that these people could be Neanderthal, could be this or that. Who do you think these people were, uh, who were here 130,000 years ago?
4: Uh, well, we know they weren't Neanderthal. They weren't Homo erectus, Homo habilis, or or homo, uh, um, anything but Homo sapien, because they have never found any other bones in North, Central, or South America other than modern man.
3: Homo sapien, sapien,
4: exactly. Exactly.
3: And the other thing so, is, is that those are
4: just estimates they're talking about. They don't have any. They told themselves they don't have any skeletons.
3: Exactly. And as you have said to me, and we're going to get Chuck in just a minute here. Hold the line, Chuck. And then we'll go to Dr. Xavi Ali on the line. Hold the line, Dr. Shavi Ali. As you told me some time ago, you said that the that they will never find remains of, quote, unquote, Native Americans that are older than Homo sapiens sapiens, which is modern man, because they don't exist. Is that correct?
4: That is correct.
3: Right. But you'll find all the other species of... In- of in of Africa. humans uh, in in Africa, of humans, uh, Australopithecus, Australopithecus afarensis, Homo erectus, Homo habilis, Homo sapien. You'll find all of that because this was African people. Is that correct? And Neanderthal. All of them were. And Even the Neanderthal. Neanderthal was in the beginning was. Okay, and then the Neanderthal was gonna is going to mutate. Exactly. Right. Okay. Exactly. All right. Now, very quickly, in this article from NBCNews.com, pull this up now. When they have at your children's school. When they have, uh, I remember when I was taking world history class at Cass Technical Uh-oh. High School in, 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 uh, in 10th grade, on Fridays, they had us to bring in articles for current events. <laughs> ha- have your children bring in articles about this. This is coming from New York Times, Washington Post, Scientific American, Discovery Channel, NBC News. I mm. dare any of these teachers to refute this information. Mm-hmm. I dare any of these teachers to refute this information. And if you need me to come in and educate them, I'll do that. E- email me at info, I-N-F-O, at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Info, I-N-F-O, at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. If you need me to come in and educate them, I'll do it respectively, but I'm going to bring a mountain of evidence. Proper documentation ends all conversation. And I'll bring evidence that Columbus never came to this land called the United States of America. That's and I'll right. cite information from the History Channel. I'll tell you what white people say because you got some white people to know the truth. Okay, there So email me at info at com. If you need me to go to your child's school. And provide some facts and evidence to them. In this article from NBCnews.com, once again, called Mastodon Bone Findings, could upend our understanding of human history. They cite Dr. Albert Goodyear. Here's what they say. There are other states in the uh, the Americas that have never been dated. There are other sites in the Americas that have never been dated to before 13,000 years ago. But there is debate about the conclusions. 13,000 years ago is significant. Because this deals with the the Clovis discovery, and this is uh, what European anthropologists and archaeologists say is the earliest uh, evidence of humans here. Uh, Clovis is dead. Clovis is dead, yeah. In the article it says, common wisdom holds that the first Americans did not arrive until 13,000 years ago in what's called the Clovis culture, C-L-O-V-I-S. Clovis culture named after a site in New Mexico where distinctive stone tools were found in the 1920s. You deal with Clovis in your book. there's an attempt to try to, to try to discredit any evidence of Homo sapiens sapiens here in this land we call the United States of America prior to Clovis. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay, now here's what they say because they, they talk about Dr. Albert Goodyear. DNA evidence suggests that humans were in the Americas long before even 15,000 years ago. This is NBCnews.com, not InfoWars, not SodaHead, not Conspiracy Theory websites. They're telling you this evidence, and these were African people. DNA evidence, deoxyribonucleic acid suggests that humans were in the Americas long before even 15,000 years ago, but there's no physical evidence to support the idea. This is what they're saying. And archae- I know you, you have other evidence, and the archaeology mainstream is very unforgiving of researchers who challenge the accepted dates, said Dr. Albert Goodyear of the University of South Carolina, who has been working to prove for years that stone tools found in a South Carolina site date to as long as 50,000 years ago. Dr. Albert Goodyear said quote, "There is a lot of ignorance and arrogance." about just how little we know about the Western hemisphere. End quote. I would add to that, white supremacy is racism. Is that correct? Yeah, right. Is that correct, Dr. David Absolutely. M. Absolutely. So they interviewed facts. Uh, well our turn the facts are lies. Let's just be clear. <laughs> and this is this is Donald Trump, a pathological liar and you got and there's an article from uh uh what was it, Salon.com, or uh one of the um there was an article from one of the um uh... websites I, I one of the thirty five different 35 websites sociologists psychologists yeah. right yeah well i'm on a president yeah 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 I'm, i got the article here I monitor, I, yeah i monitor uh... about thirty five different news sources on a daily basis but there was an article that dealt with how um, thirty five psychiatrists have uh... diagnosed him uh... it's the name of this article is from uh, rawstory.com it's yep. official top psychiatrists at Yale Conference, Y-A-L-E, at Yale Conference, warned that Trump has a, quote, dangerous mental illness, end quote. These this, are this, this 35 top psychiatrists.
6: We're in that, trouble.
3: And they say that he has a particularly malignant case of pathological narcissism, okay? Hmm. Pathological narcissism. All right, now, uh very quickly, we have to bring on Dr. Shavi Ali. Uh, this article goes on to say, uh, from NBCNews.com, uh, citing Dr. Albert Goodyear, he said these things are very controversial. Now, he was not involved in the discovery in San Diego from this past Wednesday, but he goes on to say, quote, I think they've done their homework, end quote, referring to the, uh, the, the leaders of the archaeological dig. He said, right. noting that Stephen Holland is one of the world's leading experts on what mastodon bones look like when they are broken naturally versus when they are smashed open by humans. Now, exactly. now, now, mastodons were the ancestors to the elephants. The woolly mammoths. Yeah, the woolly, the woolly mammals with the tusks, ancestors to the elephants, okay? Check out this article also. T- have your children take this in for for current events, okay? And, and and check out their articles from the New York Times and Washington Post on this. Just google 130,000 year Mastodon. M-A-S-T-O-D-N. Google that all these articles will come out come up. Take this in for for current events, okay? All right, doc, look, I got I got to bring you back uh uh next week. Uh, well, one question here you want to get to: Did Australians predate Africans? Did Australians predate Africans? Go ahead and tell us that quickly, and we're that, gonna bring you back next week or the week that, after. That is
4: that is so ridiculous. That's like saying the, the Martians have been here for for a hundred thousand years. We can get into that, and also the uh, the Americans, uh, Indians, saying we've always been here. Okay. In uh, in, in, uh, in 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 depth when we when I come back.
3: Okay, we'll bring you back next week or the week after. I'll set that up with you uh, tomorrow. Sounds great. Okay, Matt. Once again. This is Dr. David M. Hotep, author of the book, The First Americans With Africans, Documented Evidence. Oh, we got to get this phone call also. we got Chuck on the line. Hey, Chuck, go ahead quickly. Th- thanks for holding, man. Thanks for holding. Go ahead okay, quickly with your uh, question or comment, Chuck. Th- th-
8: th- thanks for both of you, Dr. Hotep, and I really appreciate you. No problem. Uh, my quick question is, uh, like, uh, you got the amphibians, the reptiles, and the mammals, mammals. Mm-hmm. and I heard you say something about the uh, uh uh, well the human structure or the human pigmentation and how it developed and however but do you do you have any um uh, information on the hieroglyphics or the metal tribe called uh, ethiopia or uh, the Kush and is there any uh books or uh encyclopedias that that can give us some um um what you call definitions, some definitions of language, the first language and things to that effect because I, I think uh what you're saying is very, very uh, uh important and it's very interesting and to right. know uh some of the uh, uh, elements of life. Okay.
3: Now, thank, thank you, brother. The first language. Much, well, well, well hold, hold, on, hold on, I want to make sure we get your questions. Okay. Go, ahead, go ahead, Dr. David M. Go ahead. Yeah,
4: the, the, first, the first language you're asking about was definitely uh, a part of uh, the Qlik language, which is the oldest language that we, we have on the planet today. The Qlik the click right. language that the Corson Sanctuary and Anu spoke. But there possibly could have been something before then. But we know that the click language was the was the oldest language that's on the earth right today.
3: Okay, now you asked about... what does that
4: call again, sir? I'm sorry. What is that called again? Click. click. I keep clicking your tongue.
3: Click language. C-L-I-C-K. Click. Yeah. Click. The, 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 the movie... uh uh, the guys must be crazy the guys must be crazy that dealt with the Koi sign and click. the coca cola bottle thrown in the ocean okay and they spoke the click okay. language that's the early that's the earliest
8: It's called click c l i c k
3: click, okay. click. So,
8: uh, the the reason the reason why I was saying that because it, it sounds familiar when you get the the click sound the click sound or, or however, you know in the sign language and reading lips and right. uh uh, what you call orals and, and things like that I find is very interesting okay. and I hope maybe you all can elaborate sometime well, uh, oh, on, on that okay, language I, and want,
3: body expression. Okay Chuck I want to go to your second question quickly. You asked about the hieroglyphics. Uh-huh. That's the metal netter. Yes. That's the ancient pictographical writing of the ancient Kemetic people, the ancient Egyptians. There were three forms in the metal netter. You had the pictographical writing, you had the uh, uh, heretic and the demotic. What right. information do you have on the Medunetter, Dr. David Motep, and how far back does it go?
4: The Medunetter. Well, you know we have uh, twenty-six letters in our, our, our alphabet, right? English. There are over seven hundred signs, mm-hmm. it, which is like the letters for the um, the Medunetter, and that goes back wow. uh, far, 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 far ago. Um, back, back farther than Egypt, because the when the um, Nubians. Uh, from uh, Kush come up, they bring that with them. So right. who knows how far that goes? Because that's back, the mother.
3: Right? Uh, ta- exactly. Tanahesi, or what's called Nubia, because that's not when the, 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 the original term Tanahesi uh was the mother, and Abyssinia or Ethiopia is the grandmother to ancient Kemen.
4: K- but the ancient, the ancient name was was Cush. Ethiopia is a is a uh, Greek word that, that says land of the birthday
3: people. Yeah, is well, Greek e- e- Ethiopia is a Greek word, Ethiops meaning sunburn. Absolutely. So Kush. Yes, exactly, Kush, and and, and the de- and the geographical boundaries that are there today in the fifty five countries, most of those came from the Berlin Conference of eighteen eighty four and eighteen eighty five. These are not the original boundaries. So Kush was more of a region than an actual country. Is that correct?
4: Absolutely,
3: absolutely, okay, so um south uh, of uh, Egypt, so people will know where it's south is. of Egypt, okay, absolutely, okay, look, we gotta go, We're, all right, Chuck, thanks for calling you. in. we'll bring out the David you, and we'll tap back, okay, all right, people visit uh if you're in Detroit, go to uh, nandy's knowledge cafe, you can pick up his book one two five one, one, Woodward Avenue in Highland Park, Michigan, nandy's knowledge cafe. Um, and then also you can go to amazon.com, amazon.com Order his book. The first Americans were Africans documented evidence. The first Americans were Africans documented evidence. All right, Dr. David M. Hotel. Hey man, we're going to bring you back next week and do like either next week or the week after we we'll do a full two hours with you.
4: What okay. a phenomenal job you're doing, brother. All the brothers and sisters, please tell people about this show.
3: The brothers phenomenal. And so are you, man. So are you. Take care, brother. Okay. Hotel. Hotel. All right. Okay, so that's my man, Dr. David M. Hotel. We got to bring him back, man. We're going to do something. We're going to blow this up. <laughs> Wait till you see what, we, what I have planned next. He doesn't even know what I have planned next. All right. Uh, speaking of next, we have Dr. Shavi M. Ali uh, on the line. She is a keynote speaker coming up uh, this Saturday, May 6, 2017, in Highland Park at the Downs Manor Community Room. And this is an event uh, put on by Soul Collective. And this, uh, is called Consciousness of Health. Consciousness of Health. I've known her for a number of years. Dr. Shabi Ali is a world renowned author, gemstone therapist, and holistic physician. Hey, welcome to the African History Network show, Dr. Shabi Ali. up, t- my sister. How you hold, doing?
9: Hold t- I am wonderful. How are you this evening? Your show is just hot. I love it. I love it. You are doing phenomenal work uh, in the community. I just have to uh, to to ditto what the brother said. It's yes. just absolutely phenomenal. As far as I'm concerned, I think your show and what you are doing is actually the best in the nation. I have (laughs) to say that because, uh, I mean, I've been out here a long time. Most people who know me really well know I came into the now non-definitive struggle, shall we say, at the age of 19, and I happen to be today 69. Today is my birthday. I'm 69. Wow,
5: happy Earth Day.
9: So Thank you very much. (laughs) And so I've been out here a long time doing this. But getting into um, what I'm going to be doing on Saturday. Yes. Yes, as you said, the Soul Collective asked me to keynote uh, this Saturday. There's a program, it's actually a holistic health fair, okay. and uh, they asked me to keynote, and I'm going to be talking essentially about consciousness, the key to uh, healing the past, the present, and preparing for the future. And what I want to do with that is I want to really take people deep. I guess I should say hi, actually, and make people understand what we mean by consciousness. Most people think, for example, that consciousness is just being aware of your surroundings and, you know, taste, smell, touch, those kinds of senses, as we call them. But it is much more profound than that. It gets into uh, for example, actually, you and I were talking this afternoon when we yes. were preparing for this interview about epigenetics yes and most people don 't really understand what that is, and we want to make it clear that that is the study of actually in brief environmental factors uh, upon physiological, mental, and emotional uh, outcomes and how cells in our body actually are, are records or their, their memories and literally do affect that uh, uh, DNA that you were talking about earlier with uh, right. David M.P. Tep. Right. Uh, uh, I want to make it clear because my background, by the way, in case people are wondering, sure. it's in linguistics, ancient history, social science, natural science, and humanities. And just to clear up one thing quickly, I am not a holistic physician. Okay. A holistic physician is an MD or an ND who has chosen to heal in a naturopathic manner. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not a holistic Physician, but I am a historian, a gemstone therapist, Reiki master teacher, and as I said, my PhD from the University of Michigan is in linguistics and ancient history, natural science, social science, and humanities. So, uh, but going back to that word, epigenetics, uh, just kind of tearing that apart linguistically. Uh, epi, the EPI, it means outside or around, and of course, genetics. It's a, those are units of inheritance. So when we talk about epigenetics, we're talking about, again, those environmental factors that affect our folks physiologically, mentally, and emotionally that can cause certain kinds of outcomes in terms of illness and disease. And I want people to understand on that day in a much more detailed fashion that consciousness is actually a vibrational frequency of mind mind is is non-local consciousness and when we talk about uh, vibration we're talking about an oscillation or a movement of energy a frequency of course is a rhythm of energy and energy itself is a vital force of life so a low vibration for example of consciousness uh, equals a rhythm of dissonance. We know about music and can have, have some dissonance or it can have harmony. Right. And so if we have a low vibration, if a, if a people or an individual has a low vibration, that's equal to a rhythm of dissonance. Uh, and a de- depleted life force comes from that. And on the other hand, if we have a high vibration, then we have a harmonious rhythm at work and a more powerful life force. So on that day, I want to go into some modicum of detail on consciousness, Mm -hmm. uh, what we mean by super-consciousness, how we can reach these levels of super-consciousness, and I want to talk about emotions, And what emotions really are, their magnetic frequencies, thoughts are electrical frequencies, and what all that entails in terms of our healing. So I'll be giving about uh, an hour and a half uh, to two hour presentation.
5: Okay, and
9: uh, I also want to get into. Uh, I want folks to understand that this is not new. This is not some new age discourse. <laughs> our, right. That 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 really again, people who know me well know I dislike that phrase "new age." You know, like crazy, right? Uh, because our our folk uh, who named and claimed the universe, the multiverse, the cosmos, mm-hmm. were talking about levels of consciousness a long time ago, and uh, if folk, for example, want some idea of where they can go to get some some detailed history on on folks who were talking about consciousness, our now ancestor, for example, Dr. Yosef Mm-hmm. Dr. And Dr. it's not Joseph Ben Joe Cannon; it's Joseph right. Ben it. right, right? Dr. Right. Ben. Yeah, one of his works, for example, is Africa, Mother of Western Civilization. That's just one of his works. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Dr. John Henry Clark, uh, one of his works African People in World History. Mm-hmm. And uh, in fact, uh, Dr. John Henry Clark uh, once said that the first light of human consciousness and the world's first civilizations were in Africa. Right. Uh, Dr. Francis Cress welsing talked about the importance of consciousness in the ISIS papers and mm-hmm. in the Crest theory of color confrontation and racism. Dr. Jacob Carruthers, Essays in Ancient Egyptian Studies. Uh, Dr. Asa Hilliard, Larry Williams, and Nia Damali, and The Teachings of Ptahhotep, the oldest book in the world. Right. Uh, Dr. Gerald Massey, Ancient Egypt, Light of the World. And then, of course, we have our ancient Kemetic holy books, for example, the Per Em Heru, the Book of Coming Forth by Day, Per Em Sebu, the Book of the Gates or Portals, Uh, the the Per Em Petu, the Book of the Heavens, Uh, Per Em Ku, the Book of the Breaths, Per Em Cha, the Book of the Hidden Eternal Land. So, in essence, again, I want. The audience to understand, the listening audience tonight and the audience that will be in attendance on Saturday to understand when we talk about consciousness, we are not talking about something that is relatively recent in discourse in the world. We're talking about a vibrational frequency of energy that goes back thousands if not millions of years ago.
3: Absolutely. Okay, we're coming up on a break. I'm going to hold you over for a few minutes after the break, okay? If you have a few more minutes. Yes, I'm going to hold you course. over. Uh we have a question on Facebook. Uh somebody asked a question here. Um are you talking about uh uh so they said are you talking about metaphysics? with uh, the consciousness and things like that you're talking about, are you talking about metaphysics?
9: Well, meta mean, meaning beyond, beyond yes. of course, dealing with the material plane. Yes, we are talking about metaphysics are going beyond the material plane. We want to talk in some, uh, uh, some logic about what's going on on the material plane because it is clear that our communities are in trouble. We want to face that reality, but we want to talk about how can we heal what is the real core? What is the root of healing what's going on in our communities? Uh, I want people to go back, for example, uh, in the 60s, uh, Dr. Hakeem Adabudi, who used to be yes. known, uh, you know, Don L. Lee, yeah. uh, the Institute of Positive Education that he established back in the 60s, you know, he gave us what is called the seven levels of unity, and I wonder how many people remember that. Right. Self, hey. family, neighborhood, community, nation, race, world. All of those factors go into healing our communities. Okay, all
3: We have to hold it right there. We're going to uh, continue this on the other side of the break. We'll keep it for a few more minutes. Dr. Uh, uh, Dr. Right. Mahdiboudi uh, uh, was uh, Hakeem Mahdiboudi, who was just here at the Charles H. Wright Museum of African American exactly. History. Uh, exactly. uh, we're going to break right now. And for more information, and vendor space is still available, for more information on this event, call Catherine Perkins at 313 883 1819 313-883-1819. We'll talk about this some more on the other side of the break. You listen to the African History Network show on 9, a.m. The Superstation. I'm Michael M. Hotep. This is The Voice of Detroit. We'll be back in a few minutes.
6: The Word Network is the largest African-American religious network in the world, and we're also the most versatile and easy to, find. easy to find. That's right. The Word Network isn't just a cable channel. We're an international network that brings you the best in gospel music and inspirational ministries. You can find The Word Network on Bright House Networks, Charter, Cablevision, AT&T, Cox Communications, DirecTV, Time Warner, UVerse, Verizon Fios, Roku, Google Fiber, Google Chromecast, Facebook Live, YouTube radio Kindle Fire, Apple TV, Android and Apple devices, and even Continental, JetBlue, Frontier, and United Airlines. And coming soon to Hulu, Xbox, PlayStation, and more. No matter what device you have or where you are in the world, you can still take the Word Network with you. We are committed to making sure that finding the gospel is easy and convenient for our viewers. We are the Word Network, and we're everywhere you want us to be. If drama is what you want, Law & Order Criminal Intent is what you need. Who would do something like this? I don't know. But I can promise you this. Whoever did do this, we're going to get him. Law & Order CI does it all. Investigations, interrogations, and dissects the actions and motives of some of the most heartless criminals in New York City. It's Law & Order Criminal Intent. And it's airing on WADL Detroit, weekdays at 8 and 9 p.m. If you want to hear the voices of Detroit, look no further than 910 AM Superstation.
0: No, you know, you're my favorite show. You come on right when I get off work, so you guys ride home
7: with me every Monday. There it is. I appreciate the companionship. Ooh, but I,
6: I you know, ride
1: home with Angela every night. I, I like that.
7: Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, in a hot car. Good
10: morning, Dietta. Good morning, Elena Morata. How are you? Good, how
7: are you? For city clerk, it says very clearly, if there's only one person running for that office, you can only sign that one person's petition. The person running for the office said, no, you can go ahead and sign it. It just simply means that you can't sign it more than once.
1: Our president has
6: said that if China won't handle North Korea, we will. Check this out. First of all, impeachment is probably out of the question. 910 AM Superstation has the best, the brightest, and the bravest voices in the urban community. Don't believe me? Just listen. Being the voice of Detroit is a tough task. It takes consistency we are doing the same
3: things we've been doing
0: for 34 years registering
3: people to vote closing down crack
6: heroin off the street going to schools to reach our kids it requires high insight and opinions this year so this only been going this year chris Boss got injured and d wade is left so now they're on the move right now they ain't on no move where are they going let's not forget a little personality
1: I'm Coleman Alexander Young II. Finally, I finally arrived. I'm on Mind Your Own Business. It's amazing. Hey. I can't believe I'm here. I've been wanting to be on here for so long. And finally, I made it. You made it, and I'm glad you did.
6: 910 AM is the station for the people, the voice of the people. And we always have and always will be here for the people. 910 AM Superstation, the voice of Detroit. Let me see. You covered from sun up to sundown, weekdays on 9 10 a.m. Superstation. This is Shot Clock with Tony Anthony Macon and Ramonte Hollis. Tune in Monday through Friday, 5 to 6 a.m. Wake up with Steve Wood. I'm Bankale Thompson. Join me on
3: Mondays, Wednesdays, closes, and Fridays at noon.
0: Tune in every Tuesday to the Great Lake Ruler Show with Lamar Woodley and my little big cousin, Desmond Bills. This is Cliff Russell of the Cliff Russell Show, airing daily, Monday through Friday.
7: Hi, this is Karen Dumas.
0: This is Cliff Water.
6: This is Todd Corser. This is Attorney
7: Michael Schwartz. Hello Detroit. This is Attorney Crystal
6: Crittenden. Hello everyone, I'm Charlene Mitchell.
0: I'm Reverend Mayo Elisa Reynolds.
6: We've got the topics, the guests, the opinions, and the Facts. We have it all, from motivation to outrage, from advice to empowerment. Whatever you need, it's right here on 910 AM Superstation, the voice of Detroit. Welcome back to the
3: African History Network show right here on 910 AM, the Superstation, the voice of Detroit. Hey, I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotel, founder of the African History Network. Um, we were speaking with Dr. Shavi Ali right here on the line. And uh, you can visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. We have a flyer for the event we're talking about coming up this Saturday, May 7th, uh, 2017, at uh, Downs Manor Community Room, Downs Manor Community Room, located at 13725 John R. Highland Park, Michigan, 13725 John R. In Highland Park Michigan okay okay so Dr. Ali um, yes. once again uh, let people know what you now. you have It sounds like you have two PhDs is that correct
9: no it's one PhD but okay. I have uh, several masters degrees wow. in now, these different areas my PhD is ancient history and linguistics
3: okay ancient history and linguistics that's your PhD exactly. from University right, of Michigan right, right. okay yes. so so it wasn't it wasn't an online degree you didn't get your degree from Trump University is that correct <laughs>
9: No way, Jose. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> no, no. These are real earned from uh, the system, quote unquote, shall right. we say? And in fact, uh, my PhD that I received in 1989. Uh, I don't know if people remember a newspaper article uh, uh, that talked about the uh, uh, commencement back then, and one percent of the doctorates were given to black people. I was that one percent back in 1989. Wow. I was uh, at that time the Horace Rackham Scholar, graduate scholar of the University of Michigan. But uh, but back to you know what we're going
3: to be doing on Saturday. Before Uh, before we go to that, just quickly, what are your master's degrees in? Just so people understand your credentials. What are your master's degrees in? uh, Yes,
9: English language and literature, uh, a master's in linguistics as well, English language and literature, and uh, American history, uh, 1901 to 1963.
3: How many master's degrees do you have? Three. Wow. Okay, so this sister is going to be doing a lecture this Saturday. This is Dr. Shavi Ali. She has a Ph.D. in linguistics and ancient history, and she has three master's degrees. Uh, she'll be speaking at Downs Manor Community Room 13725, John R. Highland Park, Michigan. Um, uh, the, and and uh, for more information, you can uh, go to our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. We have the flyer there. Uh, admission is only thirty-five um, dollars, and, and you can. And vendor space is still available. You can call Catherine Perkins at three one three. 883-1819-313-883-1819 for more information go ahead you were talking about what some some other things you're going to deal with at the uh, event. uh well
9: yeah i i just wanted to mention too uh to the listening audience that uh, we were talking about Dr. Hakeem Adaboudi and his yes. seven levels of unity earlier, self, family, neighborhood, community, nation, race, world. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've also uh, come up with uh, five uh, areas of consciousness, or I should say levels of consciousness, that we need to deal with as a people, as a collective. Uh, we have a self-consciousness, a relationship consciousness, environmental consciousness, historical consciousness, a spiritual consciousness. And, of course, without going into detail tonight on that, because obviously I want folks to come out to the program on Saturday, so sure. if I give everything away now, you know, that well, you don't need people to
3: come I, out. No, well, Saturday. we don't have time either, because I, I got another exactly. topic. <laughs> exactly, but,
9: but go ahead quickly. Right.
3: Yep. Go ahead.
9: Yes, uh, but just just quickly, just to, uh, I usually say I'm giving hors d'oeuvres, so I'll give some hors d'oeuvres right now, and they can get the main course on Saturday. Uh, We, people understand uh, and know that that our communities are really, really suffering from from some serious illnesses and diseases, cancer, hypertension, diabetes, all of these kinds of things, and there are reasons for that. There really are reasons that if a people or an individual uh, feels disempowered, poor self-image, emotions and feelings will be of depression, grief, fear, bewilderment, we have all of that going on, so this is why we need to understand what emotions are uh, what what mindsets are or what ways of thinking are uh, it, so that we can understand how we can heal these physical diseases because there is a root cause for them. They don't, sure enough, people have poor eating habits. We understand that. Right. However... There is something far above and beyond even that that causes the illnesses and diseases physiologically that most of our people, unfortunately, are suffering from. Exactly. And we want to get at that on Saturday.
3: Yeah, there are triggers, there are emotional triggers, there's triggers coming yeah. from trauma that causes exactly. certain behaviors. Exactly. So Exactly. So you're
6: talking exactly. about getting to the
3: root cause and correcting the root that. Cause. As opposed exactly. to treating the seat as opposed to treating the symptoms. That's what you're doing.
9: Exactly, exactly. Okay. We've got to get the root cause because we don't want to put a continue to put a band-aid approach on what's going on because that's part of the problem is the band-aid approach.
5: Exactly. Exactly. We
9: want to go to the root under, and pull up the root. Once you pull up that root, you can then get some real healing done, and it it is past time for us to do this healing. Past time.
3: Absolutely. Okay. Now, lastly, uh, do you have a website? Are you on social media where people can follow you and and see video clips, things like this?
9: No, I don't do social media, uh, and I have some reasons for that. But uh, you know, we can talk about that (laughs) another time. I don't do social media, and I don't have a website. Uh, People can, however, type in my name, and then all kinds of information comes up. about me online,
5: okay. and
9: uh, I do have a company, uh, Kason, Kamsha uh, Universal Network, mm-hmm. and I have a new book out called Transformation of the Ages. It is available at Nandi's Knowledge Cafe, okay. and uh, also available at Jen's Gifts of Love in West Bloomfield, and it's available at the uh, Lotus Ayurveda Wellness Center in Farmington on Grand River. Okay. Uh, so and I'll make make some copies of that book available on this Saturday as well.
3: Give the name of that book again cuz we just uh, talked about Nandy's Knowledge Cafe. People can go there. Yes. It's your... called
9: Tra- Transformation of the Ages.
3: Transformation of, the, of ages. the Ages. Okay. Right. And
9: you can pick And what the book very briefly what the book deals with is uh what's going on uh, cosmically or uh, multiversally, uh, that affects us physiologically at this time on Earth, like the solar flares, coronal mass ejections, solar winds, hydro flares. Uh, all these kinds of things, what that is and how it affects us on the planet at this time. That's what that particular work deals with.
3: Okay. And uh okay, and you'll have books uh for sale uh there Saturday as well. People can exactly. also people can also go to Nandy's Knowledge Cafe, one two five one one Woodward Avenue in Highland Park, Michigan. They could go there as well. Uh we have the flyer for this event at our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Of course, I'll be there as well. I'll be a vendor. Be sure to visit the vendor table of the African History Network. You can come meet me also. Also speaking uh, as well, uh, and open, she's the opening speaker, Dr. Ginger Decker. Dr. Ginger Decker, who's a world-renowned author and holistic naturalist. She'll be speaking first. Then we have the keynote speaker, Dr. Shavi M. Ali. Uh, S-C-H-A-V-I, S-C-H-A-V-I, this Saturday. Uh, For more information, call Catherine Perkins, 313-883-1819, 313-883-1819, and vendor space is still available as well. Um, Okay, so Dr. Ali, well, look, it's uh, been great talking to you. I will see you uh, you. this Saturday, my sister, okay?
9: Wonderful, and we need to let folks know that that event does supposedly start at 12 noon.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Now on the flyer it says 10 a.m. to 2:30 p.m. So it's changed to 12 noon. Is that correct?
9: Oh no. Okay. Well, go by what's on the flyer. Okay. Go, t- I think. T- okay. I think I'm thinking about the first speaker. Is it 12? Because I'm coming on at one o'clock.
3: Okay. So the events from 10 a.m. to 2:30 p.m. It's at exactly. down. It's at Downs Manor Manor Community Room. D O W N S. One three seven two five John R. Highland Park, Michigan. We have the information at our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Okay, Dr. Ali, you have a great night, Thank sister. So I'll see much. you Saturday. I
9: will. You too. See you on Saturday.
3: Hotep. Hotep, sister. Peace. Peace. All right. That's Dr. Shavi M. Ali. Fantastic, fantastic interview there. Fantastic segment. Okay. Um, okay, okay, fantastic segment there. Um, you know, this past weekend, this past uh, week was uh, huge. You know, you had the uh, discovery revealed of 130,000-year-old mastodon remains and uh, uh, remains of humans as well, evidence of humans. Uh, also in California, going back 130,000 years ago, we had Dr. David M. Hotep uh, on talking about that. And uh, we had Dr. David M. Hotep uh, talking about that. Um, and then i 'm going to go to this clip here in just a minute i 'm going to go to this clip here in just a minute because uh april twenty eighth was the anniversary of Muhammad Ali refusing uh to be inducted into the uh army okay I need the cable uh, that was the uh, uh anniversary of dr Ma- uh, of Muhammad Ali refusing to uh go into the army um, but th- all the major news outlets have this uh article dealing with um uh the discovery coming out of um uh San Diego okay you had uh, articles from the Washington Post um archaeology shocker study claims humans reached the americas 130,000 years ago archaeology shocker study claims humans reached the americas 130,000 years ago that's from uh, the Washington Post you had an article from um what is this? National Geographic. I think it is uh, humans in California, 130,000 years ago. Get the facts. Humans in California, 130,000 years ago. Get the facts. That's from National Geographic uh, A new study has dropped a bombshell on archaeology, claiming signs of human activity in the Americas far earlier than thought. Now, scholars like Dr. David M. hotup uh, scholars like uh, Renoka Rashidi, as well as Dr. Charles Finch, they have been saying for years that homo sapiens sapiens are not 75,000 years old, they're not 100,000 years old, they're not 200,000 years old, but they are at least 300,000 years old. The deeper they dig, the blacker the planet gets, the more research they do, the older we get. The deeper they dig, the blacker the planet gets, the more research they do, the older we get. Okay, Uh, so so check out those articles and then the one from NBCnews.com, Mastodon Bone Findings. Could up in our understanding of human history, mastodon bone findings could up in our understanding of human history. Now, if uh, when you uh, register for my online course, um, "Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Maafa: Understanding the Transatlantic Slave Trade," what they didn't teach you in school, uh, visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. You can register for the course there. As soon as you register, there's ten hours of content that you can watch. Part of that, three hours of that content. Is the class I just did this Thursday, and we dealt with this discovery and two other discoveries that came out in uh, this month also. But I went in-depth into the discovery uh, of a human presence 130,000 years ago in California. So as soon as you register for that at AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, you can um, watch that uh, uh, class we just did Thursday. And it's only $40 for the entire course. Uh, we do it live, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can tune in from around the world. Uh, and everything's recorded, so you can go back and watch it over and over again as well, okay? All right, so this past, uh, April 28th was the anniversary of uh, one of my heroes. I'm wearing my Muhammad Ali t-shirt as well. Uh, anniversary of Ali refusing to be drafted to fight in Vietnam, okay? On April 28th, 1967, boxing champion Muhammad Ali refuses to be inducted in the U.S. Army and is immediately, immediately stripped of his heavyweight title. The U.S. government did to him what no man could do to him in the ring. Muhammad Ali, uh, who was a Muslim, cited religious reasons for his decision to forego military service. So it wasn't uh, he didn't ask for a deferment five times like Donald Trump. Okay, he uh, said he was a conscientious objector. He said fighting in uh, Vietnam, fighting in the war for the U.S., conflicted with his religious beliefs, he was a minister in the Nation of Islam. Now, he was born Cassius Marsalis Clay, Jr. in Louisville, Kentucky, on January 14, 1942. The future three-time world heavyweight champion changed his name to Muhammad Ali in 1964 after converting to Islam, and he he joined the Nation of Islam uh, as well. And he was, at one point, very good friends with Malcolm X., OK, now he scored a gold medal at the 1960 Olympic Games in Rome, Italy, and made his and made his professional boxing debut against uh, Tony uh H-U-S-A-K-E-R, Tony Hussecker on October 29, 1960. Tony um he was not a he was, uh, he was not a full time boxer. He was actually the chief of police. OK, in, in this city. And the best documentary I've ever seen on Muhammad Ali is called Muhammad Ali, The Whole Story. It's a six-hour documentary, three DVDs. I have it in my personal collection. So Google that. Try to get that, Amazon.com, Muhammad Ali, The Whole Story. Okay, so uh, October nineteen 1960, he makes his uh, professional debut, winning the bout in six rounds. On February twenty-fifth, 1964, uh, Cassius play uh, who changed his name to Muhammad Ali, defeated the heavily favored bruiser, Sonny Liston, in six rounds to become the heavyweight champ, and he shook up the world. He shook up the world. 22 years old. He shook up the world. On April 28, 1967, when the United States was at war in Vietnam, Muhammad Ali refused to be inducted into the armed services, saying, quote, I ain't got no quarrel with those Viet Cong. Let's go to this clip from, uh, this is from the TV show, Like It Is, the late uh, Gil Noble, talking about Muhammad Ali.
1: Ali defeated Foley by a knockout in the seventh round. Immediately thereafter, he walked into the teeth of a monumental decision. He was drafted, and then he refused induction on the grounds of his religious convictions on war.
2: My conscience won't let me go shoot my brother or some darker people. Uh, some poor hungry people in the mud, for big powerful America, and shoot them for what? They never called me nigger. They never lynched me. They didn't put no dogs on me. They did rob me of my nationality, rape and kill my mother and father. Well, I'm going to shoot them for what? How am I going to shoot them? Little, little poor little black
1: people, little babies and children, women. How can I shoot them poor people? Just take me to jail. While fighting imprisonment for his stand, Ali was also stripped of his title, denied a license to fight in the United States, and denied a visa to go overseas to fight. He was in a much tighter financial bind than most were aware of. I don't
2: about see the world every champion driving a Volkswagen, guys in the Cadillacs and making fun of you. So I'm working a day I'm holding right. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> and so I had one day I had a speaker, Kenishus, heard of Canisius, Canisius, Ferdinand Dickinson, CW Post. Three colleges and fifteen hundred dollars a college. Pretty good money. So I broke my wife's piggy bank, have about she had about thirty-five dollars in it. I broke the no, I'm sorry, $135. I broke the piggy bank to get gas money to get me to the college. And I got enough gas and food money to get the $4,500, the $3,500. That $4,500 would hold me, pay gas bills, light bills, till I get to the next college.
1: <laughs> this went on until the whole mess was over. Inevitably, students would challenge Ali on his stand and his convictions. Remarkably, Ali more than held his own against students who had a far better formal education than he.
0: I'm saying you're talking about me about some draft, and all of you white boys are breaking your neck to get to Switzerland and Canada and London. I'm not going to help nobody get something my Negroes don't have. If I'm going to die, I'll die now right here fighting you. If I'm going to die, you my enemy. My enemy is the white people, not Vietnam or Chinese or Japanese. You my opposing when I want freedom. You my opposing when I want justice. You my opposing when I want equality. You won't even stand up for me in America for my religious beliefs, and you want me to go somewhere and fight, but you won't even stand up for me here at home.
3: Okay, so that was uh, an excerpt from Like It Is from uh, Gil Noble. Uh, Muhammad Ali talking about refusing to be inducted into uh, the US Army okay okay so uh, on June 20th, 1967 Muhammad Ali was convicted of draft evasion he was sentenced to five years in prison he was fined $10,000 and banned from boxing for three years now the three and a half years that Muhammad Ali stayed out of the ring were the were the prime years of a boxers career So even though he won the heavyweight champion three times, even though he was the greatest boxer in history, we never saw Muhammad Ali get to fight in his prime because the U.S. government took his title away from him and did to him what no man could do in the ring. This is a very important understanding when you watch the documentary, uh, Muhammad Ali, the whole story they deal with this in, in, in that documentary. Now, he stayed out of prison uh, as his case was appealed and returned to the ring on October 26, 1970, knocking out Jerry Quarry in Atlanta in the third round. On March, 8th, eight, on March 8th, 1971, Muhammad Ali fought Joe Frazier in the fight of the century and lost after 15 rounds, the first loss of his professional career. On June 28th of the same year, the U.S. Supreme Court overturned his conviction for evading the draft, and he was, uh, he was uh, able to fight again to get a boxing license, and they uh, realized that he really was a conscientious objector, okay? He didn't ask for five deferments like Donald Trump. And he didn't say, my Vietnam was avoiding getting STDs in the 1970s like Donald Trump. Now, at a January 24th, 1974 rematch at New York City's Madison Square Garden, Muhammad Ali defeated Joe Frazier by a decision in 12 rounds. On October 30th, 1974, Muhammad Ali shook up the world again. He was an underdog fighting George Former in Kinshasa Zaire. And he reclaimed his heavyweight championship belt at the hugely hyped Rumble in the Jungle. Uh, which uh with a knockout in the eighth round. On October first, nineteen seventy five, Muhammad Ali met Joe Frazier for a third time at the thriller in Manila in the Philippines and defeated him in fourteen rounds. Down goes Frazier. Down goes Frazier. On February 15, 1978, Muhammad Ali lost the title to Leon Spinks in a 15-round split decision. However, seven months later, Muhammad Ali, the greatest of all time, three-time heavyweight world champion, he came back September fifteenth and won his title back again for the third time. In June of 1979, Muhammad Ali announced he was retiring from boxing. He returned to the ring on October 2nd, 1980, and, and uh, fought heavyweight champion Larry Holmes, who knocked him out in the 11th round. After losing to Trevor Burbick on December 11th 1981, Muhammad Ali left the ring for the final time with a, a record of 56 wins and five losses. He is the only fighter to win the heavyweight championship three times. And in 1984, it was revealed that Ali had Parkinson's disease, and we know he passed away uh, uh, last year, 2016. Uh, check out this article from History.com, History.com. April 28, 1967. Muhammad Ali refuses induction. All right. Hey, we want to thank you for listening to the African History Network show right here on nine ten a.m. The Superstation, The Voice of Detroit. Visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. All of my DVD lectures are there. You can uh, register for my online course, Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa Understanding the Transatlantic Slave Trade, and uh, we have a new course starting up this Monday, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Richard Nixon's War on Drugs. How Richard Nixon's War on Drugs was a war in the African-American community. Uh, when you click on the link for register here for Understanding the Transatlantic Slave Trade, at the top of the pages, click on Courses. Click on Courses. It shows all the other courses that I'm teaching, uh, and we'll see you this coming Saturday, uh, May 6th. Uh, at uh, Downs Manor Community Room for the uh, Consciousness of Healing with Dr. Shavi M. Ali. Uh, stay tuned for the Between the Lines show. Remember, on the African History Network show, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world because right knowledge corrects wrong behavior. It's not over till we win. We'll talk to you next week. Peace.
6: When you think of the voices of Detroit, there's only one station that comes to mind, 910 AM Superstation. We're the voice of reason. When you're looking to hear the truth, we talk about it. Anybody that's driven down out of drive on the west side or even out of drive on the east side in the last few days can count the number of potholes per minute. And I'm thinking those resources would have been better spent on some filler, something going into some of these cracks and, and holes and craters that are on east and west out of drive. When you're interested in the current events, we talk about it. Let's go further. This is property
0: crimes.
1: Last week, there were 164 burglaries. The week before that, there were 127. So far, this year in Detroit, we've had 2,008 burglaries in Detroit. That's a 5% increase
6: over 2016. We are 910 AM Superstation, the voice of Detroit. The Word Network is the largest African-American religious network in the world. And we're also the most versatile and easy to, find. easy to find. That's right. The Word Network isn't just a cable channel. We're an international network that brings you the best in gospel music and inspirational ministries. You can find The Word Network on Bright House Networks, Charter, Cablevision, AT&T, Cox Communications, DirecTV, Time Warner, U-Verse, Verizon Fios, Roku, Google Fiber, Google Chromecast, Facebook Live, YouTube Red, Kindle Fire, Apple TV, Android and Apple devices, and even Continental, JetBlue, Frontier, and United Airlines. And coming soon to Hulu, Xbox, PlayStation, and more. No matter what device you have or where you are in the world, you can still take the Word Network with you. We are committed to making sure that finding the gospel is easy and convenient for our viewers. We are the Word Network, and we're everywhere you want us to be. You want us to be. Every weeknight at 9 p.m. is something new and something fresh. This is Todd Corson, and I want you to check out my show. Listen in and call
1: every week as we explore government and hot topics. Tune in, raw and uncut.
6: This is attorney Michael Schwartz at 910 a.m. Superstation, and you can hear me every
2: Tuesday night starting at 9 p.m.
7: Hello, Detroit. This is Attorney Crystal Crittenden, and please tune in to my new show, The Truth Matters, on 910 AM Superstation.
4: Hello, everyone. I'm Charlene Mitchell, your host of Mind Your Business. Listen
1: to my show live every Thursday from 9 to 11 p.m.
0: I'm Reverend Maya Lisa Reynolds inviting you to listen to Mama Maya Speaks. Friday evenings from 9 until 11 p.m., discussing education, motivation, and inspiration on Superstation 9 10 a.m.
6: Different names, different voices, but the same energy. 9 10 a.m. Superstation, the voice of Detroit. 9 10 a.m. is everywhere you need us to be, literally.
3: Good morning. Good morning to you all, and welcome to 9:10 a.m. The Super Station. We are live in the neighborhood, in the community. This morning, we are at the Northwest Activity Center. We are at the uh, African American Family Book Expo
6: right now, as we speak. We're bringing you 50,000 watts of attitudes and opinions on 9:10 a.m. I'm Bankley Thompson, and we're coming to you from the
3: 2017 North American International Auto Show. We're right here in the Cobo
0: Convention Hall. David I Alexander live. The People Show. We do it for the people. Man, we are broadcasting live from downtown Detroit yes. with the North American International Auto
6: Show. The best, the brightest, and the bravest voices in the urban community. 9 10 AM Superstation, the voice of Detroit.
0: Put your hands up now. Do you
1: have anything illegal on you? Hands up. Get on the
6: ground. Charged. He's running. He's running.
0: Sheriff's Department, stop! What is that?
6: We energized.
0: Stop resisting! Crawl <laughs> toward me. Chase him. Be ready.
6: We loaded.
2: You looking for some fun? Got him. Hey, there's no point crying now. Bad boys,
6: bad boys. All new cops. We loaded. Viewer discretion advised. At 3 p.m. on WADL Detroit. I'll give you $6,000. I'll give you 10 dollars we give you 55 dollars Pawn Stars on WADL. The most powerful voices in the African American community are all right here on the new 910 AM Radio Superstation. The views and opinions expressed on any program are those of the producers and/or the persons appearing on the program, and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of 9:10 AM Superstation or Adele Media. WFDF, Farmington Hills, Detroit. 9:10 AM Superstation, a division of Adele Media. Between the
10: lines,
6: right. nobody, anyone else. We're that.
1: going between the lines. Between, the
10: lines.
1: State, Between
6: the lines. Between the Between
10: the Welcome to Between the Lines, everybody. I am your host Fatima Salman. We have an important show for you all today. Thanks for tuning in or staying tuned in from the last show. Get ready for an important segment of Between the Lines uh, tonight. I'm gonna preempt all of this by beginning by saying that this tonight's show can be very triggering. Uh, for people in in the nature of the topics that are being discussed or the graphic words that are going to be used, I want to uh, put that out there at the beginning of the show, and I will remind everybody every segment. It's not um, meant for. Uh, it's going to be a difficult show, and so I want you to all know that. However, that being said, these are important topics and need to be discussed. And if we're not going to discuss them, then they're going to be pushed under the rug, which they have been for for a long time. I am happy for all of you joining on, and I'm also going to go straight this time, instead of going into a story like I typically do, I'm going to go straight into our first topic. And so our first topic tonight is one of controversy, especially here in the greater Detroit area, um, and now it's t- uh, caught national attention as well, it is in regards to female genital mutilation. In the first ever arrests of its kind in the United States, three people were indicted on Wednesday on charges of female genital mutilation here in Detroit, in Metro Detroit. Federal agents received a tip months ago that one of the doctors was performing the procedure. Two seven-year-old girls at the center of the case had it done to them, according to child forensic investigators. The case has ignited a fierce debate over the normally taboo subject amongst the Bora Indian community and the community at large. Supporters of the practice in the Bora community, both in the U.S. and India, claim that the doctors are performing the procedure and it is safe to continue what they see as a cultural and religious practice, which we're going into in a little bit. Um, according to the U.S. government agencies, approximately 500,000 women and girls are at risk of having cutting performing on them in the U.S., a practice that has been illegal in the U.S. only since 1996. 200 million women and girls are affected by this internationally. Um, acting United States Attorney General said female genital mutilation has serious implications for the health and well-being of girls and women. This brutal practice is conducted on girls for one reason, to control them. FGM will not be tolerated in the United States. The federal... Con- The government is continuing this investigation to ensure those responsible are brought to justice. And some recent news that happened um, also is that uh, the Special Agent Detroit Division of the FBI, David Gilios, uh, said uh, just recently, as the first federal indictment in the U.S., these charges will hopefully deal a critical blow to stamping out this inhumane practice in the United States and around the world. HSI and our partners are committed to the difficult but necessary work of supporting victims and bringing everyone involved in this practice to justice. Today we have with us three um, experts in their own right for what we're going to be discussing today, and I'm going to introduce them, and I know they're all on the line. Um, they're not local, sadly, but, um, but I appreciate them all coming on. Today we have with us Dr. Faryal Salim, who is an assistant professor of Islamic scriptures and law at Hartford Seminary, where she also directs the country's first fully accredited Islamic chaplaincy program. Salam Faryal, Faryal are you on? Yes. Uh, hello, uh, Fatima. Salaam. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. Thanks for getting on. I also have with us Mariam Safi, who is a survivor and a policy advisor at the State Department. Um, I want everybody to note that she will be speaking in her own personal capacity tonight as a survivor of FGM. Mariam, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for getting on. I appreciate it. And we also have with us Rada Khan, who is from George Washington University, Department of Prevention, Prevention and Community Health. Hey, Rada, How are you? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for all getting on at a late night, um, 11 o'clock. But as we say in Between the Lines, that our weekend doesn't end until Between the Lines ends. So <laughs> so you guys can all tune in every week now. <laughs> um, so I'm going to start off by um, going straight to Dr. Salem and asking her uh, about this practice. And I want to start off, and the reason why I brought Dr. Salem on is because I want to talk a little bit about in terms of wh- how this practice relates to the religion of Islam itself. And, and the reason why I bring this up is um, after this happened, actually, in the state legislature here in Michigan, um, there became talk of, of Sharia law being banned, and this is a practice of the Muslims, and this is why we need to, to ban Sharia law. And I want to have Dr. Salem explain to us how this practice actually relates to the religion of Islam. Does it or does it not relate? Can you talk to us about that?
7: Hi. Yes, thanks for having me, uh, Fatima. Uh, SGM, female genital mutilation, is not only illegal, but it's also completely uh, uh, banned and haram in the Islamic tradition. It is not allowed. It is not a part of the Islamic tradition. Um, the places where this is practiced uh, tend to be uh, regions of uh, in the world where this is uh, practiced as a cultural norm, uh, with other faith traditions as well. So it's common in Africa, for instance, where you also have Christians and um, uh, non-Abrahamic Africans who practice this tradition, and Muslims partake in that. But it comes from a cultural practice that has nothing, no basis in the Islamic tradition. Um, It is not mentioned in the Quran. It is not mentioned in the Hadith. In fact, um, Islam is... a Uh, it's a sex-positive religion and that sexuality is something that is um, honored and uh, respected within uh, the framework of the Islamic worldview and that's that includes uh, women so uh, in the Quran you have a verse called Surat al-Mujabila which is the verse of the woman who complains. to first she uh, comes to the Prophet Muhammad and she uh, she's not She's not satisfied with his answer, complaining that her husband has vowed never to have um, relations with her again. And this is a woman who then, um, uh, verses from the Quran are revealed within the uh, historical framework of Islam, saying that uh, God has heard her complaint and it is not permissible for a husband to um, vow to never have relations with his wife. And there are a number of other narrations historically